mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamant. And this is Talkart. Welcome to Talkart. How are you, Robert? I'm good. I'm feeling like a global citizen today. Why? Because the crisis that we are currently facing is a global one. And I'm really excited to speak to today's guest because he not only has helped raise a lot of money in the past week from an amazing living room concert, which is helping for the COVID-19 health workers, but also he's someone who's literally has probably travelled to more cities than all of us. And Mm -hmm. he is known all over the world for his incredible music. But the reason we really wanted to speak with him was because of his thirst for knowledge and his incredible passion that he has for art and not just contemporary art actually like all kinds of art and Mm -hmm. photography and paintings and and lots of different artworks so we are thrilled to welcome to talk art all the way from los angeles ladies and gentlemen please welcome to talk art mr Mr. elton Elton john hi guys how are you (laughs) Hi, Elton. Good. I know you're a Sir Elton John, but I wanted to do that because... I, no, I don't that... like being called Sir, so you just call me Elton, please. Oh, okay, good. Well, well I was gonna say, that's my go-to oh. karaoke song when you have the George yes. Michael new version, so I wanted to say that introduction right. for you. How do we find you, Elton? How are you at the moment? I'm, we're very well. We're in the house in LA with the uh, kids, um, Zachary and Elijah, David and I. We're hunkered down here. Um, we're doing as we're told. Um, we're mm. not going too stir-crazy, actually, because... It's kind of nice to spend this much time with our children because uh, I don't get to see them 24-7 very often. Mm-hmm. And so we're actually kind of enjoying our time with them, but also really worried about what's going on around the world. And every day I look at the news, everything seems to be a little worse. So it's, it's not mm-hmm. a very pleasant time for people to be living in at all. In fact, it's awful. And uh, I've never, obviously, never known anything like this in my lifetime. And uh, I, I, you know... So there's no parallel that one can compare it to. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, we're very happy where we are. We're very fortunate to be where we are. Um, but for most people, it's a nightmare. Do you think it's important at a time like this for people to uh, delve more into culture and, and reading and, and film, but like art? Do you think art can serve as kind of like a beacon of light during this period? Well, it can, but you see, you can't go to a museum or you can't go to a gallery or you can't go to, you know, um, you can't really go out and see art. So you have to look at it online. But 
I think art encompasses so much. I mean, we've been catching up on movies, television series, things that I can't watch normally because I'm always on the road. So mm -hmm. it's given me a chance to play catch up with some wonderful pieces of art that have been on television and mm -hmm. in cinema. So, you know, art encompasses everything. The visual arts, you know, um, are kind of close to people at the moment, but they can, uh, there's lots of programs about artists and uh, David Hockney's making new uh, art on his laptop and, Yes, you know, this is the time. So people, yeah. are, people are in this kind of time. I'm not writing any songs, so they don't feel like it, and I don't have a piano here. But mm -hmm. I think people will use this uh, time to be very, very creative. And I think after this is all over and done with, God knows when, I think you'll see a surge of creativity from the visual arts, from the oral arts, um, from people who are writing, people who are composing, people who are taking photographs, people who are painting. Um, so I think yes. it's going to lead to a lot of an outburst of creative energy because people have nothing else to do at the moment apart from look after mm. their loved ones. Mm. A virus renaissance in art, as it were. A kind of. Let's hope. I mean, let's hope. You know, I was, I've never been through anything like this. As, and none of us have. So um, mm. you're not going to see a renaissance of stuff from me, but I'm just enjoying <laughs> being with my children. So, uh, yeah. But I think you will see a lot of stuff coming out, a lot of written stuff. Um, a lot of, you know, I collect a lot of um, uh, journalistic photography, for example, mm -hmm. that's, you know, everyday photography that's in the news. So, you know, you know, we're keeping our eye on the ball and looking at photographs from the coronavirus because it's such an incredible moment in time. So, uh, yeah, totally. uh, one of my favorite photographs, who, well, there was a great photograph in The Guardian the other day of all these goats that went into Landudno. And uh, <laughs> it, was, it was extremely funny. And it was extremely eerie, but it, it, it you know it made me laugh, and and uh, it's a great image of all these goats that came down from the mountainside. And now there's a picture in today's paper of all these deer, uh, the, um, these deer that are settling on people's lawns um, in uh, in uh, somewhere in London. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of beautiful in a way that you know the wildlife come down and you know mingle with the humans because there's no yes. humans there. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, in Venice, definitely. they've got the dolphins coming in the canals in Venice at the moment, and swans. Well, that's not true. Not... I was, I was oh. duped about that, and I, you know, that was called oh. fake news from me. Um, oh no! I thought yeah, oh, fake I thought... news. I was duped about that. But the, the canals in Venice are much clearer. You can see through them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the the skies are clearer. The, the spring is lusher. Um, so you know, there, there are bonuses to this, but they're very small bonuses when you compare the loss of human lives and the suffering mm. that people are going to go through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Now, that's really interesting, Elton, because I've always seen you in the way that you've collected art and photography as a kind of um, archivist and a, a, a beacon of light in that sense, because I think archiving yeah. and protecting culture is such a rare thing. And you've luckily, you know, been one of these people who's had great fortune yourself through your career, but you've actually invested a lot of that um, success back into archiving art. Like I know you have photographs from like September the 11th and, and then also a huge photography collection. Um, is that something that you've always had within you, wanting to sort of take care of art? I think I've always been a collector ever since I was a kid. I collected dinky toys, I collected books, <laughs> records, and it's part of my um, addiction is to collect. Um, and it's the nicest addiction I've ever had um, because all the others have led me down the wrong path. But collecting has, has led me to be educated. Um, it's educated yeah. me on so much. Reading as a kid was so important to me. Listening to music was so important to me. And I've always kept my things in pristine condition. I've also got rid of them. Um, you know, in 1989, I sold everything I had apart from three or four paintings. 
um, because yeah. I just had overcollected and I didn't have room for anything, and I just, I just had to get, you know, I just had to get rid of everything. I, there was no thinning out process. I, you know, I just said, right, everything's going more or less. And about six months later, I was sober, so I must have had a, an insight to what was going to go on in my life. Um, mm. But I've always collected when I, since I was a kid, and when I first started, you know, uh, writing songs with Bernie. And we were sharing a, a room together at my mother's uh, and stepfather's apartment in uh, Northwood Hills. We used to go to Athena Productions on Oxford Street and buy these cheap reproduction prints of Man Ray and things and put them in our room because they were so great. We could obviously, no way could afford the real thing, but art was always available. Um, and we used to go to galleries and we used to go to museums. Um, but it was nice to have a nice Man Ray reproduction on your wall to wake up to in the morning. And then in 1993, you actually acquired that memory work at auction. (laughs) Well, I didn't. That was a painting of the lips. But I started when I started collecting photography. uh, It was 1991. Um, Before 1990, before I got sober, I collected uh, Art Nouveau and Art Deco, which I started collecting avidly when I was uh, from 1971 onwards, and I started collecting Mm. posters. Uh, French posters by Berton and uh, um, Toulouse-Lautrec, and I loved that era. And I started collecting oh, wow. Tiffany lamps, Galet lamps, a dome, uh, all sorts of uh, Majorel furniture, and then went into Art Deco. Um, and my house was just full of lamps on the floor. On, you know, there was no room for them all. And I loved that period. Oh. And it's so odd that when I got sober, I saw things in different light, and I, I really didn't like that kind of art anymore. I can appreciate it, but it's not what I want to collect anymore. Um, but I learned, I educated myself by collecting. Um, as I say, posters to start with, because I couldn't afford anything else, and then it graduated to the real thing. And, you know, I just, it, it was, art helps me, helped educate me, and it broadened my eyes. As, and visually, when you're surrounded by something that's really beautiful, no matter if it, it's a five-pound reproduction of the real thing, you get up in the morning, you look at it, it subconsciously, it makes you feel good and it inspires you. And, uh, and I've always been lucky enough to do that. And I've always liked having nice things around me, whether mm-hmm. they cost 10,000 quid or five, five quid. It doesn't matter. If you love them and they inspire you, then that's, it, it helps my process of being um, a kind of uh, a creative person, a creative mm-hmm. writer. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about being surrounded by art. In the house you're in now, could, do you have different collections or different, do you kind of focus on certain collections of your art at different houses? Um, most of our houses are contemporary. Most of the houses we live in are contemporary, or the, the apartments that we live in. We have a four-bedroom house here in, uh, in L.A., which is, you know, it's all on one level, which is great because, you know, you hear the, it's, it's quite compact. It's not a big house by any means, but it's very light, and because it's California, the walls are white, and most of the art on the walls is either painting or contemporary photography. Um, and... We usually decorate the houses, um, and the art goes in first. It's very important. If we're redecorating, mm. we put the art on the wall first on a computer and then build the furniture and stuff around it. Wow. And you oh, do this with awesome. your full-time curator, Newell Hardin, is that Newell Hardin, yeah. yeah. And, and when you, you have a photography collection that over 8,000 know, photographs, you oh. have to have someone to look after it and, and um, know what you've got because, you know, you buy things and you forget. And so... It's always great when I go to Atlanta and I go down into Newell's office. It's, um, it's, I just stare at the computer images of what I've bought over the years. And I forget because I, I'm an av- 
I'm an avaricious collector. I, I mm-hmm. really do. And, you know, as I said at the start of the program, photojournalism is something that I've really latched onto because no one, nobody really collects that much uh, anymore. Mm-hmm. And you have to really be, you have to really be like a magpie. Um, you have to glean the newspapers and uh, websites to get the photography um, that you want. And then you have to contact the photographers. And most of these photographers that are in the war zones or, you know, doing things every day in dangerous situations, mm-hmm. they don't often have a lot of time to print the photographs. And so you may have to wait a couple of years for a photograph. For example, there was a wonderful, disturbing image of a boy in Syria um, in, a, in a little orange sweater. Um, he was sitting and his face was all covered in uh, blood and soot and whatever. And um, we eventually got it, but it had to be, it was taken by a Syrian photographer and it took us two years to get it, but it was worth the wait. He, and it was printed in Syria. And we thought, oh, what's it going to be like, the quality of it? But it's actually brilliant. Mm. And uh, so sometimes you have, to be, you have to be prepared to wait for these images that you want mm. um, that are important um, images to have if you're collecting... Um, if you're collecting a history of what's going on in the world, and I've been doing that for the last 30 years, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, this, this the photographer must have been incredibly excited to know that Elton John was trying to buy one of his images, right? They are, they are quite excited. And then some of them, you know, they say, oh, we don't want any money, but if you're playing in Rome or something, can we have four tickets <laughs> to the show? So it's a bargaining wow. chip. Yeah. That's an but, art um, swap. That's an official <laughs> art yeah, swap. But, oh, I love, yeah, it's an art swap. And I love meeting these guys because, you know, their images are incredible. I mean, uh, and I, you know, I, I have a great admiration for photographers anyway. And uh, it's an art form that I never, ever recognized until I got sober. And I'd had my photograph taken by so many wonderful photographers. Mm-hmm. And I'd right, never right. considered photography as an art form. What changed then? How did it, how did it change? Getting... I, was, I went to my friend Alan Perrin, who was the head of Cartier. His wife and he collected photography. Um, and they had a festival. Um, in Cahors, in, in France, uh, where they showed photographs on buildings and inside buildings. And I stayed at his house, and there, also staying at the house, was the photographer, Herb Ritz, and, wow. his, a, and his agent, his photography agent, who had a gallery in Los Angeles called David Fahey, a part of the Fahey Klein Gallery. And they were showing photographs to Alain, and they were Herb Ritz photographs, Horst photographs, and Irving Penn, basically face fashion photographs. They were mm-hmm. black and white, beautiful images. And I just thought, oh, my God, these are so beautiful. I've never seen anything like this. So I bought about 12 on the spot. And that was it. And then I became very big friends with David Fahey in L.A. He, he's a lovely man. And I got an apartment in Atlanta, and I started hanging in photography. Um, and I became friendly with a woman called Jane Jackson, who had the only photo- photographic gallery in Atlanta. She gave me mm-hmm. books. I started reading. I started collecting at an avaricious pace. And, uh, and it all blossomed from going to Alain Perrin's house. And uh, I always blame Alain for my addiction to photography. Um, <laughs> but I'm also thankful to him because it opened my eyes to another art form. And, you know, I never had any contemporary paintings until I got sober. I'd only collected um, kind of 50s, 60s paintings and... And, and kind of old master paintings, and I still love old master paintings, but, um, I, you know, I got rid of most of my paintings except for a bacon, two Magritte's, and a Patrick Proctor in 1989, and I kept those, um, and I don't have those anymore because I passed them on as well. Do you have any regrets about the, 
painted? Do you ever wake up in the middle of the night thinking, oh, I wish I hadn't sold that one or moved that one on? Um, no, because I'd had these paintings in my house for so long. I got an enjoyment out of them that you know, I could never, ever imagine. And sometimes you have to say, let someone else enjoy it. Let someone else have it. And I wanted to finance my photography collection by selling some mm -hmm. of these paintings and collect mm -hmm. different things. And that's how I, you know, I've been throughout my life. I've changed and collected different things. I'm a, a huge lover of glass, and it stems mm -hmm. from Galley and, uh, and Tiffany and Dome and also, of course, Lalique. And I collected mm -hmm. that at the time I was collecting Art Nouveau and Art Deco, and I sold that. But now I collect contemporary glass, and I think I have about 3,000 pieces in my apartment in, in, wow. in Atlanta. Um, that you live with or in and storage? I've always loved glass. Glass is a very underrated art form. And wow. um, I'm a huge lover of Dale Chihuly, William Morris, uh, Richard yeah. Jolly. There are some incredible glass artists out there. And, you know, so I've become involved in that as well. So the spectrum that I've collected is pretty wide. I, th I don't think there's anything I haven't collected apart mm -hmm. from impressionist paintings, which I can't afford to afford them. And I don't, mm -hmm. it's not my favorite kind of art. Um, um, Pre-Raphaelite, which again, I can't afford them. Well, I could, but I, again, it's not my favorite form of art. Um, but I'm not a snob. If people love what they love, um, then they collect it. And I've just changed now. We, we collect contemporary art, old antiquities, kind of old master paintings, and photography and glass. Mm -hmm. I would say you need a, a gallery, but you've actually had a photography gallery in your name and David's name at the V&A Museum, right? There's a whole yes, we've, wing we've there. Yes, we just financed that. And, uh, you know, it's something I want to do when I come off the road. And, uh, yeah. and who knows when that will be now, thanks to coronavirus. <laughs> but when I, yeah, I want to create shows, curate shows there with some of my photography. Um, and it's something I'm passionate about. And it's, you know, I, uh, this was planning for when I come off the road and I've got more time to devote to our art itself. I mean, we had the uh, exhibition at the Tate Gallery about two years ago. How um, was that for you? Uh, yeah, the rather like? incredible. Oh, amazing show. Because I don't think, I think people had an idea that we collected or I collected things, but they didn't have an idea of the quality of the things that we collected. And, you know, mm. the reviews we got were less, none less than five stars. Uh, it was mm. a beautiful collection of things from 1920 to 1950, all vintage photographs that I've lovingly collected over the years. And I was just blown away because they were hung in a different way than I would hang them. I hang myself very salon style in Atlanta. And these were mm -hmm. in different rooms with more spaces between them. And it got uh, my appreciation uh, of the, the images that I lent grew even more because I saw them in a different light. And I, mm -hmm. when I'm in Atlanta, I get up every day and see this stuff. But, you know, when I collect, I'm a fervent collector. I don't go, you know, I'm not a half measures person in anything in I do, as you well know. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> So it, when I saw them at the Tate and, and they were rehung, it was a beautiful show. I was so proud of it. And people, I think, were genuinely shocked that the collection was so um, beautifully uh, collected and, and mm -hmm. I was so, and the, the highest quality. I don't collect... Any, anything I collect, uh, as far as photography goes, has to be inspected first because a lot of photographs get damaged by the sun and you know, people don't look after them. So before I fire a photograph, it's taken out of the frame, it's examined, and it's put back. If it's in great condition, I will consider buying it. If it's not, like at auction, you don't know what you're buying. So if you mm -hmm. buy at auction, you send your curator there, you pick the things you want to have a look at, she takes them out of the frame, she examines them, and then if she says yay or nay, then we bid on them. And uh, mm. sometimes if you want an image, you have to be incredibly patient to get it. 
Um, you, you turned down I mean, one of your favourite Dying Arbus. Is that what you're going to say? You turned down yeah, that there's one. There's a Dying Arbus that I've, um, I've, I've wanted for a long time. It's the boy with a hand grenade in Central yes. Park. The yes. toy hand one of Russell's favourites. <laughs> yes. And, it's me. Uh, so um, <laughs> I've wanted that for about 20 years. And it came up at auction about 10 years ago in New York. Newell went up to look at it. It had coffee stains all over it, but it still sold for $500,000. Now, I would wow. never pay $50 for a, a, a damaged thing. It's got to be in perfect condition. Um, and toward the end of last year, I was offered two images of this, uh, uh, it, that had come from private uh, homes, and I finally got the one that I wanted. So it took me a long oh, time, great. 20 years, to find this photograph, and I've, it's finally now, now we have it. And, it's and that's in Atlanta, is it? Is that in your house there? It's in Atlanta, yeah. Wow. And when you took all these works out of Atlanta for the Tate, did you just have empty spaces all in your house? Was it quite, like, disconcerting? No, we just filled them up with other ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard you had to actually was, extend, was extend they, the apartment, the stuff, didn't you? Yeah, well, it, you know, the, it was great to see other pictures on the wall instead of the things we, that we had. But, um, you know, it, that's the lucky thing about being an ardent collector, you know. When I started collecting photography, it was quite cheap to buy. I, was, I, lucked, I lucked out, you know. Um, it wasn't a fashionable thing to collect. Um, and there was no photography gallery in London, uh, mm -hmm. a museum. Um, and most right. European capitals and cities have a great photography museum. England was a long way behind. We had the National Archive in Bradford. Um, and the, uh, Victoria and Albert had an archive. But as far as contemporary photography uh, goes... We, we lag behind, and I think people in England didn't take se uh, photography seriously as an art form. But I can remember uh, Andre Serrano having a show of Pierce Christ in London, which sold out, had records of people, of Maplethorpe shows. And people, the first photography was there, but we were a long way behind in, uh, in getting it up to speed, a bit like coronavirus as well. <laughs> Yes, yeah. we are. In your, in your Tate show, I was so blown away by one work in particular which has stuck with me ever since, which is the underwater swimmer from 1917. Um, the Andre, Andre Contest, that was a... Yes. Yeah. That was a proof, um, you know, that was the original proof that he had, um, you know, um, and it was sold to me by someone in New York who uh, said, I've got this image. And I already had a modern print of it, a much larger print of it, but this was the... Um, the proof of it, and um, and I, I snapped it up straight away because for me, people always ask me what's the most influential photograph, and you think, God, that's a, such a hard question. Mm -hmm. But that yeah. photograph, 1917, could have been taken yesterday, and you would have blinked an eye. And it, it obviously influenced so much as far as photography styles go, and also people like Hockney when he did the bigger yeah, flash definitely. and things like that. So mm -hmm. I picked that image because I thought that has come up to, from that 1917 date when it was first taken um, to the modern day, it has never dated, and it's influenced so much art, uh, photography, paintings, uh, and, and so that's the image I chose. But it is an amazing image. It's incredible. And it's his brother. It's Andre Kinsey's brother, who we took a lot of photographs of um, during his lifetime, amazing. and it's his brother. And it's just, you can't believe it was taken in 1917. It's so modern so abstract mm. it's such a jewel of a work as well there's something so tiny about it and so huge at the same time because the the kind of idea it, it gives you when you look at it and the expanse of nature and all of those things it's just and the, the way the light is shining through the water I, I think it's a really really special artwork it's one of the greatest really well it you um, know sometimes small is better um 
I have a lot of yeah. tiny photographs, and I find them enchanting um, because some of them, there's Paul Strand photographs, um, um, and, um, Contes photographs uh, that speak to you. Um, I mean, they're tiny. Um, and then you buy the modern print, and, and it still looks great, but I love small photographs, tiny, tiny images, because the detail in them is like buying an old mosaic, like buying an old Italian mosaic. And, and looking at it, and it's just, how the hell did that, that image um, become so beautiful? And it's, it's just so small, but the detail in it is incredible. So it's a bit like yeah. doing a, a, um, you know, a mosaic from the 16th, 17th century. It's mm. extraordinary. Wow. Um, yeah. And of course, now with contemporary photography, the images are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I love that too. But when it comes to <laughs> old black and white images, um, some of the small ones are incredible. And then there's a Dutch photographer, Hegemeyer, um, uh, who, who did lovely, beautiful, small images. Uh, Tina Madotti, I have pictures of her, of Walker Evans, uh, sorry, of um, ha- uh, Edward Weston, her lover. Um, and they're, they're jewel boxes. They're right. They're like little jewel boxes. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So collecting contemporary. And who are some of the contemporary? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> contemporary photographers I love. Obviously, um, Andreas Gursky is the most famous photographer in the world mm-hmm. or the most expensive uh, contemporary photographer in the world mm-hmm. who you know, took a chance on doing this kind of photography, which was so big at the time. Um, and there's so many, so many great contemporary photographers. Um, Candy de Hofer. I heard that you like Alex Prager. Alex Prager, which is a, a young photographer um um Wolfgang Tillman you collect don't you and, um, and Thomas Roos Thomas Roos um Catherine yeah. Kathy Opie yes. um there are so mm. many great contemporary photographers that I absolutely love Matthew Brandt is a young photographer that I collect yes. um um so my case of gone when I first started collecting photography I was a black and white snob and uh, <laughs> and then I suddenly got into contemporary photography and then that bit me, and uh, the, the, the photography now, the collection covers everything except maybe um, Victorian photography. Uh, it starts at about 1920, 1950, mm-hmm. 1920. Um, mm. And I know a lot of people who, who um, love Victorian photography, and I understand why. And I bought the Man Ray um, photographs from someone in a private collection of a neck. And it looks, it's, I, I think it's Duchamp's neck. But it looks like a penis, actually, if you pardon the expression. But it's Lovely. a beautiful photograph. It was in the tape show. And, and, and the guy sold it to me and said, 
I'm not interested in this photography. I just want to buy 19th century photography of trees. And that's what collectors are all about. They're all nuts. And so that's what he wanted. And so that's what he started to collect. Wow. And now, so where's you're collecting contemporary, is it important for you to meet the artists or have like artists as friends? And do you like to like hang out that. with them? I love You do? Yes. There's, a, there's a, an artist that I love, a painter called Nathaniel Mary Quinn. That mm-hmm, if you yes. go and read his... Um, um, if you go on Wikipedia and read his story, it's astonishing. And I, I bought a painting by him in Los Angeles a few years ago, and I read his story and I got in touch with him. I had lunch with him at the house, and I watched him grow as an artist in stature. And, and uh, he was originally um, represented by the M&B Gallery, which is a wonderful little gallery in, in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. which seems to find oh, yeah, yeah. Um, young artists before they're snapped up by Larry Gagosian. And now Nathaniel Merriquin is represented by... Um, uh, by Gagosian, his prices are going up. His, he, he's a wonderful painter, so it was important for me to meet him, and just because his story, and I'm not going to tell you his story for anybody listening. I told Edwin Ennenthal his story, the, the editor of Vogue, yeah. in, in Britain, yeah. and he he read up about him, and they've become really good friends. It's it's an astonishing story, and you think, God, what an amazing life you've led, and it's led to you doing. It's beyond courageous your story, and it's fantastic. So meeting him was really really important. Um, and I like to meet photographers. I love, I love Kathy Opie. We've met many times. Um, it's important um, to, to meet photographers. I had my picture, a photograph taken by Irving Penn, um, mm. Lucas Samaras, who's an amazing photographer, who just basically takes photographs of himself, and Polaroids, a lot of Polaroids of him jacking off and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's really yeah. wonderful to meet artists because you know, I, I'm in awe of them, um, um, and Chuck Close is another one I can think of. Um, Julian Schnabel. It's a different medium what they're doing, um, yeah. and uh, I just love it. I'm in awe of meeting a visual artist because I can't draw. I've never been able to draw or paint or make anything with my hands. The only thing I do well with my hands is um, play the piano and masturbate. That's about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> massage? Can you do massage? I bet you've got I'll strong thumbs. I'll with Russell, you know, playing the piano. And, uh, <laughs> did you ever, so, did you ever um, meet Robert Maplethorpe? Did you ever hang out with him? I or? didn't. I was due to have my photograph taken with him two weeks no, before wow. he died, and he was oh, in such bad shape. Like this, I didn't. So. But um, I had my take, picture taken by um, Irving Penn. I've Richard Abendon. taken by Norman yeah. Parkinson. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I, you know, I've been very lucky when it comes to having my picture taken by great people. And um, I love the Irving you know, Penn uh, ones. They're so, they're so charismatic. And yeah. I heard you describe yourself as an insane Alan Bennett in them. <laughs> yeah, they, I, look like, I, looked, I look like Alan Bennett. And of course, he was doing it with a, very, a, a camera um, that moves slowly. I mean, just, just, you know, contort your face a little, move your head. And they were the result, and I love them. They're hanging in, in Atlanta, and I always loved those photographs. And, you know, it, yeah. the time just flew. We spent about two hours just talking about him and his wife because he, he, his wife was his muse, as was Norman Parkinson's wife, and their love story was so touching. And um, his photographs, he, he, he made love to his wife with his camera as well as physically, and, and so did Norman right, Parkinson. Right. And I find those kind of stories really, really touching and beautiful. Do your kids love your art? Like they must be so well cultured now with everything that they're surrounded by on a daily basis. Um, their kids—they're more interested in the t- Nintendo and things like that. Um, <laughs> they do love art, and they—they they do love art. We took them to the to the um, 
the Uffizi in uh, Florence um, mm-hmm. last year. And, um, wow. it was, what is I that? What is that place, Elwin? What, what is that there? The Uffizi is one of the largest, most beautiful art galleries in the world. And it's in Florence, and it contains some of the most best paintings. Um, and I, ha- I hurt my ankle, so it was a great advantage because they pushed me around in a wheelchair, and it's in a huge gallery, so um, I would never have been able to limp around it. And mm-hmm. so the boys were with us, and they know about art at school. So that when we got to a Caravaggio painting of a Medusa, they know, know all about the Medusa and Caravaggio. Mm-hmm. So they know more than I than they let on. Um, and then we saw the Botticellis, and it was just a wonderful experience. And they lapped it all up. They love culture. They love art. But they don't go on about it. They, you know, they're seven and nine. So they're, not, yeah. they're interested in riding their Toys. scooters and doing yeah. stuff like that. Do you have a favourite work of art in your collection? Do you have, like, one defining piece? I know you have, like... I, I don't. Um, and, and people say, if there was one photograph in Atlanta that you would save, yeah, if there was fine. a fire and you had to run out the front door, what would it be? Uh-huh. And I'd say it was the picture of David, my, my husband, as a young child, oh. uh, by my bed. That would be the one I would take. I really love your, your photograph by Dorothea Lang. Um, the migrant Dorothea mother Lang, from the yeah. Great Depression. Yeah. Well, she was one of the great photographers during that time with Walker Evans. Yeah, such an and, amazing. And yeah, those photographs break your heart. And there's one of the damaged this child, the damaged child, and she wrote on the back, "The damage has already been done," of the photograph. Right. And it's just, right, right, right. You know, to be able to mm. take photographs that speak to you from that time and still sound so alive. Walker Evans did the same yeah. thing as well. Um, they're amazing photographs. They just. Dorothea Lang has a new show out, and um, I think it's at MoMA, and it's, um, it's, it's absolutely, I just got the, the catalogue the other day. She was a phenomenal f- photographer, and, yeah. you know, I just think, for me, and I'm going to get shot down by a lot of people, um, but a portrait on a camera is so much better than a portrait on a canvas. Right. Right, right, right. Okay, that's what I yeah, feel. Contra- I mean, I've never seen, seen, apart from, there's some great portraits, um, um, obviously, and um, Lucian Freud's self-portrait is one of my favorite paintings of all time. Yes. But I genuinely yeah, think the camera catches people's personality far more than a painting. Wow. Well, one of our one of our dream art guests, talk art guests, is David Hockney, and you two, you two are friends, right? I've, yes, we've met many times, yeah, and we had dinner together, and now he's living in Normandy. That's right. Do you do you collect work by him? I have. A, I'm lucky enough to have lovely painting by him. And um, yes, and uh, I have several of his collage photographs as well. He did Polaroids of mm-hmm. collage Polaroids, um, which I love those. Ones. By the way, that um, yes. Lucas Samaras did them first, and then David Hockney did them, and they're cut up, and they, mm-hmm. he makes them all into one image. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, I do, and I admire him because I admire his penchant for keep going and still, you know, he still loves what he does. It's like being B.B. King, all those are great blues, blues musicians. They died, they played yes. till they died because they loved what they did. They didn't know anything else and they loved to be creative and uh, mm-hmm. I admire people that do that. Um, you, artists don't stop. Artists, true great artists, don't stop producing work. Picasso never stopped. You know, Cy Twomley never stopped. These kind of people, there's still people like Elliot Irwin who's still taking photographs and he's amazing. He's 90 years of age, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say, nearly. Um, what's what's so, David Hockney like to you? What, what is he like as a person? Funny. Really funny. And, and, and you know, bl- dead blunt honest. If he's got an opinion, he will give it to you. 
And I love people like that. You know, they're, they're the kind of people you want to be around because they're fascinating. You don't talk much, you just listen. But he's yeah. very funny. And uh, I've had dinner with him at Greg Gorman, who's a lovely friend of mine in L.A. We've had uh, dinner at, at his house two or three times. And um, I enjoy his company because I admire him. I admire his, I admire his, uh, his tenacity, his love of work, his, the way he changed from painting to photographs and then back to painting again, done on a laptop. And he's always doing something. And I, I so admire it. Whether you like it or not, and that's, you know, the thing about art is it's all subjective. It's, you know, some people like some things, some people don't. But the thing about a true artist is that he will never stop painting and still never stop taking photographs. That's their passion, and they shouldn't. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's actually very much like yourself, because I feel like you're always on to the next thing. Like, I feel like you're not necessarily an artist that would look back that much. I feel like you're always moving forward, which is such a great... Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sentimental. Um, I'm not someone who craves the past. I very rarely listen to anything I do. It's all about what's next, and it's all about discovering something new, whether it's a young musician, a young photographer, a young filmmaker, a young actor... There's always something that's going to boggle your mind and think, Christ, you know, it's like, how does Billie Eilish make records like that when she's 16? How did Lord do yeah. it? Um, yeah. um, these people are ins inspirational. And yeah. uh, I find that you get caught and you don't listen and you don't look. I'm always reading, you know, the good newspapers for the, the culture section to make sure I know what good film to watch, what good a TV series, uh, a young artist, a young photographer. It's essential for me. To, to do that because there's so much stuff out there and as I say I think as after this awful thing has gone there will be an outburst of creativity 100% and if you were to look back in your career you've actually worked with a lot of artists for actual like album sleeves is there one that, yeah, or, or two that kind of stick out from your memory as being a great collaboration uh, I think Alan Aldridge when the Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dot Cowboy yes. was one of my favourite album sleeves and he was a genius and uh and I love working with Alan. And in fact, my live show right now um, has a lot of his um, imagery in one of the songs. We've animated some oh, of his cool. imagery in um, Someone yeah. Save My Life tonight. So it's, um, yes, there's been David LaChapelle is also a huge influence on me and mm -hmm. it's featured yeah. greatly in the show. Um, um, Mary Ellen Mark was featured in my show. She's a wonderful photographer who unfortunately is now deceased. But when I played in Las Vegas, um, we used all her photographs. Martin Parr, who's one of my favorite contemporary love. photographers. Is, yes. we love I love him. Martin Parr. His, his photographs go all the way. I guess that's why they call it the blues. Um, and it's great to be able to work with, um, uh, with photographers like that. Um, so, wow. yeah, it, it, it's important to have the visual, visual people collaborate with me or use their work. Martin Parr... It's, it's just, I've always loved his work. It's so British. It reminds me of my childhood. It reminds me. Um, and, and during these images, of, uh, these images of people on holiday, during, I guess that's why they call the blues, no one's talking to each other. And this is the day, this is the era before you know, portable phones. Everyone looks miserable. <laughs> yes. and, uh, and it's just, I remember those just sitting in the deck chair thinking, what's going to happen next? I'm bored. Um, but it's, it's yeah, it's lovely working with creative people like that. It's, it's really, really, you know, it's fantastic. What can I say? Yeah. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to work with someone who, whose visual, as, uh, visual aspirations 
are so amazing. I would never have those. You know, I'm, I'm an audio person, but I love to look at visual things, but I have no idea how to make visual things. So it, for oh. me, it's a treat. You know, it's a complete pleasure. Can you tell us about the time you ignored Andy Warhol? Yeah, it's in my book. It's like John Lennon and I were coked out of our heads in, the, um, in a hotel um, in, in New York. Um, and um, he knocked on the door about 2 o'clock in the morning. And you know, we were so paranoid about who it was. And I, it took me about 10 minutes to walk over to the peephole. And, and I turned around to John Lennon and I said, a mouse, Andy Warhol. And he said, don't let him in. He's got a camera. Because um, Andy always took a camera everywhere. So I last thing I wanted was a photograph of me high as a kite. So, um, yeah, we ignored him. I met Andy two or three times. I didn't know him. I love his work, obviously. Um, and I, I've got a lot of his Polaroids um, and stitched photographs, which he's got, I've got one of me that he did, a stitched photograph, which is four images of me in Madison Square Garden. So, wow. yeah, but I never... I, I, he, I, always, I thought he was a little weird, so I didn't really want to you know, hang out with him. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing. Well, we ask every guest that comes on, Elton, uh, two questions. The first one is, if you could do an art heist, if you could do an imaginary art heist, you could have any work of art in the world, whatever it is, uh, you could have that to yourself at home, what would it be and why? It would be Botticelli Primavera. Where is that currently hanging? It's in the Uffizi in Florence. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it's a very big painting. It's obviously the woman... The other one of the woman in the shell, um, um, Venus, and the, the Botticelli Spring for Primavera, which is spring, is just astounding. I, I could look at it for about two hours nonstop. It's just, it's incredible. I'm just so beautiful, so beautiful. Now that will be my choice. Amazing. Wonderful. And when did you first see that one? Um, I saw it years ago at Ufit. They rehung it, and. Um, when we went last year, um, there's the two great um, Botticelli's right next to each other. Um, and uh, it's just, it's a, it, it takes your breath away how beautiful it is. It's just astonishing. Yeah. Wow. So the other question we ask is, what is your favorite color? Oh, God. That's a really weird one. I would say blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and why blue? Um, I don't know. I love navy blue. I, love, I just like blue. I like the color blue but then I like red but I, my instinct would be to say blue not oh, brown not brown not brown not not many people say brown to be honest that's not really you a go to color for many no. people no 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 and no. the last question we're asking people is what have you discovered since we've been in quarantine what is your hidden lockdown talent anything that you've discovered that you didn't know you could do because you've had all this time well I tell you what I'm useless at is snakes and ladders and I know it's a game of luck but we've had um, about nine games so far. I've won one, and all the others have won. I think we've played ten games. They've won three each. I've won one. And uh, much to my children's delight, when I go down a, la- a snake, um, <laughs> I just seem to be... I've never known I was crap at that. Um, but I, it's a game of fortune, and it's a game that I'm not very good at. Um, I'm very good at jigsaw puzzles. Okay. We've been doing a lot of jigsaw puzzles. So What's your image the at the moment? What's your yeah, jigsaw at the moment? Yeah, I love a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, a jigsaw at the moment... Is an album theme of uh, "Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player." So, and that's hard because there's a lot of dark colours in that one. There's a Yellow Brick Road one as well, and there's a Captain Fantastic one, which would be very hard. But um, at the moment, "Don't Shoot Me" is really difficult. 
<laughs> so jigsaw puzzles. But you know what? It's so great because the kids are really good at jigsaw puzzles, and uh, and I love them. And uh, so that's the sort of thing we've been doing: snakes and ladders, jigsaw puzzles, lots of card games, Uno. Um, but my talent for jigsaw puzzles have reemerged because I did them a lot when I was a kid. Um, and, I, and that's a talent I've rediscovered since I've been in isolation. Amazing. Well, I think a lot of people are. I, I've rediscovered Rummy Cub. Me and my boyfriend have been sitting playing that and I've been thrashing him gleefully. Really? Oh, you've been thrashing him? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've got very strong also, hands. I've been, catching, yes. I've been catching up with so many TV series that I haven't seen. Like, I haven't seen Fleabag and, of course... Oh, my um, God, yeah. Well, I had seen it, but I've forgotten how good it was, so we redid yes. it. And, oh, my oh, God, great. that was just... You know, yeah. and I'm... Now watching Pose, which I'm incredibly... Yeah. Uh, I'm we, are, we just interviewed Billy Porter. We just interviewed him. Yeah. Yes. Oh, He's my amazing. God. Oh, I love him so much. Yeah. I love the program so much. It's so important, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's really... It's great. It's just... Because I'm on the road so much that when they say, oh, watch an episode of this, and I think, well, I'm not going to watch an episode because I'll lose it. I won't, I won't see the next one. Yeah. So mm. um, there's lots of stuff to catch up with, which has all been so great. So, years and years. And You've got to watch Years and Years. And I haven't watched Years and Years. Is that a good one? Yeah, I'm in it. Yeah, Russell's in it. <laughs> oh, you're in it. Then I'll watch it immediately. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was written, Turn off Fleabag. Watch Years T. and Davis. Years. Yeah. yeah. Russell yeah, T. Davis. Posed, and uh, yeah. we're, we're watching that every night now. So uh, we've done three of those. So that's our nightly thing until that finishes. And then we watch Years and Years. Yeah, there you go. Let me know what you think. There you go. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Are you naked in it, Russell? Uh, I am in parts of it, yeah. Will that, will that help sure, you watch it more? Then we will watch it tonight. Then. <laughs> and there's also, there's also gay kissing in it, the gay kissing scenes. Oh, really? Um, okay. With, yeah, Russell, yeah, Russell has well, a voice. And thanks there's, for, there's, other, there's more gay stuff. Yeah. Uh, say again. Yeah. That's it. Thanks again. for you guys for asking me to do this. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Together, for... But now that yes. because of this has all happened, I can actually sit down and do it. So, oh, it's amazing. You. Oh, it's amazing. It's so amazing it's so to have you on. so wonderful to hear you speak. Just as a final thing, can you tell me which is better, analog or digital? Because I've heard you talk about this before and I love to Analog. Analog. Yeah. I, I'm an analog. You know, a lot of people disagree with me. It's actually, you know, I'm, the digital is so great. But for me, something on analog, you play a pressing of um, Aretha Franklin, um, Grace Hits. On, on a yeah. record and then you listen to it on a CD it's a different ball game a, a, any album a Beatles album my album if it's a good pressing it'll be a, a digital any day of the week but having said that digital is also a great medium of listening to things um, mm. but it yeah. makes you lazy it makes you lazy because you know when you record an album on, on analog um, the editing takes quite some time if you want to do an edit but the sound of it is warmer and uh, talk to Neil Young he'll give you an idea <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he'll be very opinionated on it um, I've no, been I prefer, so happy that... I, I do prefer analogue but then I'm a Luddite so I, you know, I'm a total Luddite I'm a technophobe I'm no good at technology so I would say that but a lot of people would say oh he's full of shit <laughs> I think it's great that uh, cameras are back as well photography cameras I feel like more oh, and more people film. are like using Polaroids film, again yeah. and then also yeah. vinyl records and like Rough Trade and all these record shops that are right, but having that's a my, complete that's my record renaissance store, Rough Trade Labergrove and um, yeah love it there look through the rack yeah. I could do that all day the people in there are amazing um, Chris who looks after me is fantastic we have an email relationship and every, when I'm away he emails me the new releases every week I choose them 
and then someone goes and picks my vinyl up for me. I love it, I love it, I love it. Long may those places exist, because they, for me, it's like going to a beautiful church. Yes. Wow. Well, on that yeah, note, agreed. thank you so much. Well, on that much. note, thank you so much, Alton. It's oh, been a you privilege guys. to speak with you. And listen, stay safe, all right? Yes, definitely. Thank For all you, images we've been talking about today, please listen to our Instagram at Talkar and Elton. You're on Instagram, aren't you? It's at Elton John. <laughs> okay, there we go. It's, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. at Elton John. Oh, and also, Elton, happy birthday, because it was your birthday this week. Oh, thank you, last week. Um, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank <laughs> yeah, you, guys. Last happy Thanks, birthday. Guys. And lots Big of love, love, Elton. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamant and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in this episode. Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com